Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. John chapter 15, and I'm, we're going to read um, 1 through 11, okay? And it says, it says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that, a, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. So this, this, um, this passage right here, you know, it's, it's talking a lot about abiding. Um, and abide really that word what it really means is being is to remain to be connected um to dwell to continue in something um to endure to persevere um and that word really was like i think something for for my life that i was it was a real anchor in my life this past year and about 6 months ago the lord began really like impressing on my heart that word like when i was reading john chapter 15 i was like that word is like popping out to me and 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 I know that as I kept rereading John chapter 15 um I I just wanted to keep searching it out I just wanted to find what that meant on a deeper deeper level for not only like head knowledge but for heart knowledge like what are you trying to tell me Lord like what 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 are you trying to say in this moment in through your word you know and so I started looking it up, you know, and and kind of what I'm sharing with you tonight, you know, it means just that, you know, remaining, dwelling, continuing, awaiting, you know, you're enduring, but a connection with Jesus, you know, so it's, it's absolute dependence on him, you know, it's a constancy um, in keeping in step with him, you know, so it's not just a a one-time thing, you know, it's not just a, oh yeah, abide in him, you know, oh, stay with him, you know, um, but it's, it's more than that, and I was like, oh man, Lord, like, that, that is something I don't ever want my life to move away from, I don't want to just think of that, like, abiding in him as a good word, like, oh, that's a good word, yeah, like, oh, Jesus, true vine, yeah, that's, that's good, no, because some truths, like, they rest on greater truths, 
And knowing that apart from him, I can't do anything. It was like, whoa, I, this is something that needs to be like filtrated in my body. Like, I don't want it to be another good message. I don't, I don't, we sing about it, right? We sing about it. We listen to, to messages about staying with Jesus, but I don't ever want abiding in the Lord to just be good content. Like, oh, that was good. Yeah. Did you see that? Because it could be so easy. Yeah. To, to, to just like, oh, that was good stuff and keep scrolling and, you know, and it just becomes consumed. We just consume. And, and I'm like, man, if it's the one thing, Lord, that I get to preach about, that I get to share with someone, I want it to be that for the rest of my life, to tell someone that the way to stay connected to Jesus is abiding in him, is dwelling with him, a constancy with him. It's not something that you just do on a Sunday or a Wednesday or for one hour. That's not going to sustain us in this time. It doesn't ever sustain us really in any time. But I, just to know like, to remain in him, to depend on him, to rest in him, to, to be in constant communion with him, you know, that will never get old. That will never get old. And if it gets old, there's something missing within, on our part, not on his part. You know, we were, we were singing right now, like, you never run dry. And it's true, right? Like I was, you know, it was, it was great because we switch off in doing our, um, our song list, you know, for worship. And so I, I felt like, Lord, that was so you and how you, um, he kind of, I just felt like he kind of orchestrated some of those songs. Um, and when it was time for, for us doing worship tonight, I was like, that's awesome. But just knowing that like he doesn't run dry, you know, he's the sustenance of our life. He's the source of our life. Like he, he is the reason why I have another chance. He's the reason why I'm not going to hell because he laid down his life for me. And so, so this is the mark of the bride that Jesus Christ is coming back for. Um, it's, it's the mark that, that when he returns, he's looking for an abiding bride. And that's the title of the message tonight, an abiding bride. And you might think like a bride, you know, like what? You know, but yes, we are the bride Jesus is coming back and he's the bridegroom. And when he's coming back for his church, he's going to come back for a people that are in him, that are dependent on him and that are resting in him, that are communing with him, that are like, Lord, I can't live without you. I can't be without you. I need you. There's nothing else that can satisfy me like you do, Lord. And not just me saying it, but me living it. And, and, and that's who he's coming back for. He's coming back for an abiding bride. And that's us. That's you and I. It doesn't matter, you know, big, small, seasoned, young, each one of us, everybody in this room right now, we, and, and even people that are watching, you know, like, it, he's coming back for an abiding bride for a bride who is dwelling in him, who's continuing in him, who's awaiting his return, who is enduring and who is persevering, that they're not giving up, that guess what? Even when life knocks me down, I'm getting back up and I'm staying connected to him because if I don't, my life is on the line that there is a separation that can happen and it's real and hell is real and i know that sometimes we don't hear about it often no our pastor preaches about hell but i know that there's a day and age in this hour where you don't hear about it 
it's real. And he is going to come back. And he's looking for a real people that love him, not just by lip service, but, but actually doing it in your daily life. And so we're called to live that type of life. We're called to live a life in, in abiding him, um, abiding in him. And so you kind of think about, you know, um, when the words of John chapter 15 were spoken, you know, a little bit backwards, you know, looking at some of the text, they spent a lot of time with Jesus. I mean, they spent three years, okay? Um, but they, they, it was kind of like, I guess you could say a honeymoon phase because he, they were with him, seeing him heal. They were with him, seeing him turn water to wine. Like they were with him in all of these things. And they're like, oh my goodness. Like, you know, they, they were in all, but they were in a honeymoon phase. And, and that phase was about to end. It was about to end because the biggest heartbreak of their life, of them seeing Jesus die on a cross was about to come. And, and so even the expectations of the disciples, they were a little bit unrealistic and untimely. You know, they had hoped that he was going to come as the Messiah, like, oh yeah, like he's going to beat the Romans. And, and he, you know, they had other things in mind, basically, um, uh, that it would ultimately try to convince the nation of Israel that he was their Messiah. But Jesus wasn't coming in that way. You know, they had hoped for a kingdom to be established and positions of power. You know, he, they, they're even asking him, like, who's going to sit at your right hand? Who's going to sit at your left hand? And he's just like, <laughs> like, I, I could imagine, you know, like, guys, like, no, man, like, you're missing it. Um, and, and then you even see this right before they crucify him, right? We know that they have palm branches. They're singing Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And, and, and people are excited. But the reality is... That just hours before Jesus telling them that he's the vine and to abide in me, you know, just hours after that, he would be taken away. Like he would be crucified. He would be arrested, you know. And, and so he, he even tells him like, hey, guys, you, you're going to be hated. It says that in verse 18 of, of John 15. It says, it says, if the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. So he tells them that they're going to hate you. Um, you're going to experience the hostility of the way that they are doing to me. They're going to do that to you of an unbelieving generation. You know, you can, you can read a little bit more about that in 18 through 25. You know, um, and he starts telling them, like, this is the reality of an unbelieving uh, nation. They're going to hate you because they hated me. So this shouldn't come to any shock to you guys. You know, and then he starts even telling them for Christ's rejection had been prophesied centuries ago. He says that in verse 25, it says, but the word that is written in their law must be fulfilled. They hated me without a cause. So he's telling them everything that's going to happen. But right as in the midst of him telling the disciples that he's giving them instruction and he's telling them this is what I want you to do in order to maintain fellowship with me. I want you, in spite of all of the things that I'm telling you that they're going to hate you, there's going to be persecution, they're going to hate you for no reason because they didn't hate, because they hated me, I want you to maintain fellowship with me. I want you to maintain connection with me in the difficult days that are going to lie ahead of time because there's, there's going to be some real hard times. And, and, and Jesus is like, then 
in essence, like the nature of our relationship, it's going to change. I'm not going to be here with you anymore physically in the body. But it's good because the Holy Spirit's going to come, right? But for them, you know, they're they're just pretty much like, what? Like, and, and, and so Jesus lays a foundation not only for the disciples but for us of what it means to have a real sustaining relationship. Like a real relationship that's not just, uh, oh, I'm... Yeah, I know Jesus. Yeah, I believe in him. But no, an actual, like an active relationship with him. Like, you're going to need this. We're going to need this in this hour. You and I, we need this. Like, we need him to know, like, I can't do anything apart from, from me. And I almost was going to bring a little branch in <laughs> a tree. Um, but I, and I didn't. You know, I should have just got one from outside. But the way, because it's so, like, if you really think of it, you know, like, the mention of removing an unfruitful unfruitful branch, you know, like if apart from the branch, apart from the vine, you can't do anything. It's lifeless. It's dead. And and so even though the, you know, he's telling them all of these things, you know, Jesus Jesus assured them though, like, don't worry, even though you're a little bit like, oh, like all this stuff is gonna happen, you know, he he's reminding them like I know you guys demonstrated genuineness. I know you guys were sincere in following me. And that's why I've kept you. That's why I have loved you. And, 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 and so it's like he's, Jesus is giving them good news, bad news, then good news. Like It's like kind of wrapping it up in a little sandwich. Like there's some bad stuff's going to happen. But this right here, this is the me. Abiding in me is everything. And so it's a call to responsibility for us. Abiding in the true vine is a call to responsibility. Because believing that he, it says in John 6.56, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. It's a responsibility to believe the sacrificial work of Jesus on the cross on our behalf. We have to be remind, we have to remind ourselves that what Christ did on the cross I could, I, I don't have to do. So I don't have to strive to do something in order to abide in him. I don't have to work for it. So that's my, res- my responsibility. Our responsibility is to remember that what Jesus did is enough. Do you guys believe that, that like, man, even in, in my difficult situations, even when I fail, even when I mess up, I still believe that you paid the highest price, Lord. I still believe that your blood covers my sin it can be hard to believe that when you're in sin (laughs) it can be hard when you mess up and you're like "Ah, i don't why would he die for me and then condemnation can hit right but that's a responsibility that we have to believe that the blood was enough the blood is what covers us And, and and so it's that responsibility of, of of believing that but a dependence too like, man, I, I can't do anything for salvation. I can't work for salvation. I, I could come to church every Sunday, every Wednesday. I can do everything. Doesn't mean that I'm abiding in him. It doesn't. I, I, we can come like clockwork. Doesn't mean that I have a real relationship with him. So it's a, it's a dependence on him for the provisions of your life, of our lives, you know, 
um, John 15, 4, you know, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you. So it's like when I was researching and reading, you know, he uses the vine because it was very big in Jewish culture. There was vines and, and, and um, a lot of, 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 of greenery and, and those things were like, they signified like richness and, and, and fullness of life. And so Jesus had to like, he kind of used that metaphor in meeting them where they were at. But we know today even too, right? A, a, a vine, you think of a bunch of grapes, you think of fruit. Once they're, they're plucked out, you know, like there's the gardener will, will, will prune them so that it grows more, more fruit. But, and I know that Brother Victor has an olive tree and, and he definitely can probably share a lot about like that process of like pruning and, and things like that. Um, but I think it's so fascinating that, that, that he, and also kind of eye-awakening, like, apart from him, I can't do anything. If I look at myself like I'm a branch, we're all branches. <laughs> we are all branches connected to the vine. And if I'm out, how am I living? I can't even think that I'm living for Christ if, if I'm not in him and with him. And, and so that that part of me being in him means his words are abiding in me too he says john 15 7 if you abide in me and my words abide in you ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you so it's a real paradigm shift it really is because the responsibility that jesus christ gives is a call to believing in him communion in him we're called to being and not just doing. Being and not just doing. And not just, like I was sharing a while ago, not just clockwork, not just going about it. You know, being an active state. When you're being somewhere, you're in an active state of presence, awareness. You're like aware of where you're at, you know. And, and you realize like my whole life right here in this present moment is for the Lord. Am I living in the Lord while I'm driving to work? Am I living in the Lord while I'm talking to a customer? <laughs> Whatever work you might be doing, all of those things, they matter whether we're being in him or we're just doing because it's routine. You know, and, and so we can do a lot without the Lord being part of the process. And that's scary. <laughs> that's scary to do things with Jesus not even being there um why because we end up doing things out of our own motives we can end up doing things out of our own motives we can end up doing things not even asking the Lord does this please you Lord we're just like well I gotta do this I gotta I got why though you know what there's and we're, we're, we'll get into a little bit of that but the the biggest thing is just knowing like John 15, 16, he says, you did not choose me, I chose you, and I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and yet your fruit should, should abide. So out of the being comes doing things. I'm not saying that we, don't, we stop doing things, but if you're not being in the Lord, if you're not abiding in him, then the things that we do, are they really for him? That's something we have to ask ourselves, right? And, and so fruit, you know, 
the fruit that he's talking about and what I feel like the Lord was showing me. And I, I know that that fruit of the spirit, see, it's not just an external thing. It's not just numbers in a group. It's not just chairs being filled. It's not just our a success rate of whatever we might think is success. Because we all have different definitions of it, right? You know, this could even be at your job, you know. It's, so it's not about the quantity. It's all about internal, too. An internal substance that, that's only through the Holy Spirit. So it's not the hours that you punch in in your card. You know, you, get, you bring in to get stamped to acknowledge that you attended church. Or even, you know, work in order to, to get, you know, like some type of recognition. Um, it's not even, you know, like say when you read, I don't know how many of you read the Bible on your Bible app. <laughs> but I know in the Bible app, they have those little circles to check that you did it. <laughs> um, it's not about that either. Because <laughs> you can be like, okay, I got to read, I got to read a Psalm, a Proverb, Isaiah, Joshua. You have like probably six things you have to read it gives you. And then you're just like, you know, and it's like. Wait, but what, did it even penetrate your heart? <laughs> did it even change you? Um, and so it's, it's a different way of looking at things. Success is not about quantity. It's about quality. My husband always tells me this, and he said it's not about uh, you can be a mile, uh, a mile wide and an inch deep, or you can be an inch wide and a mile deep. And that makes total sense, right? Like, I don't want to be a mile wide growing in the Lord and just like right here. Like I would rather be an inch. Hey, there's like 10 centimeters that you have to get to be an inch. So I'd rather have that and go deep with the Lord. And that's what the Lord wants. That's what abiding means. Like go deep with him because we were never called to do things alone. We're, we're not commissioned, commissioned co together with him not by ourselves and so we we didn't choose him he chose us he handpicked each and every one of us all of us in the beginning of john you know as jesus is calling the disciples you know like they he he handpicked them you know and 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 he's he asked them like come and follow me they go and follow him you know but each one of us because of the blood of jesus we have been brought into this new family We've been engrafted in. We're a part of this family now, the family of Christ. And, and so since the, the beginning, even when Jesus leaves, the Great Commission, it's a call that, is, that requires us abiding in him. We can't share the gospel. We can't be a reflection of Jesus if we never spend time with him. Because then it's like, what kind of Jesus am I actually sharing about then? <laughs> you know, and, and so... Fruit, you know, fruits of the spirit, fruit, things like love and joy and peace and patience and kindness. None of those things can be born without intimacy with the Lord. So it's born, it's developed, it's nourished, it's ripened through the vine. And the vine is who? Jesus. Yes, the vine is Jesus. And, and it's pruned by the, the vine dresser. And that's the father. The father tends the vine and, 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 and Jesus vine and and so it's like man i can't do nothing without him and do you look at your life do we look at our lives and are like god i can't do anything without you i can't attain anything alone because when i think i can i become deceived when i think that i can actually do 
without being with the Lord, I become deceived. And I think I can help myself. I can get through this struggle. I can get through this addiction, whatever it might be. I can do this by myself, but we become deceived. And, and, and see that part right there, so deceived to the point where I become separated from the Father. John 15, 6, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. Separated from Jesus, the true vine. Separated from being tended by the vine dresser who was the Father. So we, we forfeit the promises of God, but we forfeit a relationship with God when we think we can do it by ourselves. Like we think like... we. I, and, I, and the reason why I'm saying that is because I know that I've been there where I, I have thought I can do this by myself. And I can't. We can't do it by ourselves. And so deception can really be masses like individualism where I got this. I'm, I'm independent. I, I'm strong. And maybe you always had to be strong growing up. Maybe you always had to shove your feelings in the back of, of your mind and keep going. And that's a family mentality. That's a family way of thinking. But the Lord brings you into a new family. He says, I want to change your mind. Be renewed in, in your mind. And, and he, he says, you can't do it alone. And, and so we, even if we try doing it alone, it's like we decorate the branch. I mean, Hobby Lobby sells a bunch of branches for like different seasons. And they're so beautiful, but they're dead. <laughs> And you know what? They look really nice on my, my wreath. You know, they look really nice when I'm decorating. But guess what? They're decorated dead branches that will not have and ever have any life because they, they're fake. And even if you took a branch off and they probably preserved it and did all of these things, you know, we pride ourselves in thinking we can do things alone. We really do. And thinking, man, I'm just, they're always working hard. They're always working hard. And yes, there is a, there's, a, there's a time to work hard. But having the Lord in it through the hard work, you know, like, but sometimes we can neglect those gifts of, of limits, of learning to say no. Learning to be like, I can't do that. I need to stop. You know, because maybe it's, the, I know that the Lord has showed me that in my life of that fear of like, like, hey, you got to say no. You don't have to do certain things, you know. Um, this could be whether it's me being approved by those my peers around me or a fear of rejection of like, well, I got to do it because my friends are doing it or, well, this is what it's supposed to look like to, to be this person. And, and the Lord's like, I just called you to be with me. That's what he calls us to, to just be with him like that. That is the call, that is the first thing, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. And then he says the second thing's like it, love your neighbor. But how can I love my neighbor if I don't even know how to love God, if I don't even know how to love myself, and I don't even know how to get in a room to sit with the Lord and let him search me? It's hard to love my brother or my sister if I can't even see the things going on in my own heart. Right? It, it really is. You know, and, and so we as branches derive all of our life, all of our power from the vine. And, and, and so the vine, you know, it produces that, that nourishment, those minerals, the little the sap within the vine, you know, is what feeds the branches. The minute it's cut off, there's, there's nothing. And, and so we as people, we're completely dependent, completely 
dependent on Jesus for everything. Are you? I hope you are. And if not, maybe this will help you to reflect like, am I really dependent on the Lord? Am I really dependent on him? Because that does count as spiritual fruit. (laughs) Fruits of the spirit. And there's a dividing bride. Where doing is way, way heavier than being with God. And this is the thing that the Lord struck me of like, I need you to know and I need you to share that the one thing we need to do is be. That's the one thing. If it's anything that I want to be doing, it's being with him. Because that's what matters. Because through the being, the doing comes naturally. I can, I will serve naturally as I'm being in the Lord because the Lord will meet me there and he, and he puts those things in my heart because then I, I, I see my brothers, my sisters, and I'm like, oh, I want to love them, Lord, because you've loved me. You've showed me what real love looks like. And so all of that overflows from abiding in him. It all does. It all does. And, and, and so as long as our hearts are still beating, as a people, let that be the reason and the, 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 the purpose of, of knowing, like, I don't have to live a life out of doing things. I don't have to earn salvation. I don't have to work for Jesus to love me. He loves me. He appointed me. He has chosen me. So I get to be with him. Yes, amen. We get to have that fellowship because what he did on the cross, that was enough. Nothing, nothing comes close to that. And, and so this is the day and hour that, that we live in where we are called to be an abiding bride, an abiding people, uh, uh, that you and I, to be really sober-minded, to be really fully awake, aware. Because sometimes I know, like, if it's, there's certain things that whether we can be in a room and not really awake or aware of anything going on around us. I mean, I guess I kind of compare it to if I'm walking in the night, Man, I'm aware. I'm aware of my surroundings, who's over there parking, who's wh- what's going on because I need to know because I, I I need to protect myself. Like that's when when you're in that type of state, you're alert, right? And and it's not an of a, even of a a fear that I'm saying that we are to live in, but it's an awareness. We should be sober-minded of am I really living in the Lord right now? Like, are my thoughts submitted to him? Is my mind and my heart submitted to him right now? You know, because if it's not, you know, if we're really not acknowledging that, that, that Christ is right there with us, it'll be our downfall. Because we then begin to produce a different narrative in our mind when something happens. You know, and, and, and so you might think, I'm just serving coffee in the cafe. I'm just shaking someone's hand as they come in the door. I'm just handing someone a pen for offering. I'm just in the back teaching the kids. I'm just sitting down on the chair behind the screen adjusting the cameras. I'm just on the phone with the customer. I'm, I, I'm just in the room sorting out materials for work. I'm just folding laundry. No, I'm just walking to my car and driving to pick up my kids. But no... Those daily things, the Lord wants to be in them. My being or not within him will reflect through each of those interactions. If I'm not abiding in him and I'm not really submitting my heart, 
my thoughts, everything to him, how I respond to someone, that will really display out of those things. And, and, and so it's that, that, that realization of knowing like, I can't even drive without you, Lord. <laughs> because guess what? If I, I end up doing something without you, I will easily not operate in, this, in, the, in the spirit. I'll, I'll easily operate in my anger. I'll easily operate in, in, in something else that is not from the Lord. And, and so I, I even started to ask the Lord as I sat with him. And I was like, how did you do it? <laughs> how did you do it, Lord? Like you, obviously I know you were God and you, you came down on the earth. But like really, how did you do it? You, you really kept in step every part of the way. But you were still fully God, fully man. You were still a man. And, and, and he, he shared that John 15 with me, like in a sense of like, it was that realization, like that he could not do anything apart from his father. He even told the disciples, when I speak, I'm not speaking just because I'm speaking. I'm speaking on the authority that God has given me, that my father has given me. And, and it was like knowing I had to withdraw. I had to withdraw and abide in him. And it was a constant, a constant uh, of retrieving and going and connecting and abiding to the Father. That's what kept Jesus in the Spirit. If you look at the life of Jesus and you read the Gospels, you will see that Jesus often withdrew. He often departed. And, and, and it was because he, he went to talk with his Father. You know, and each step of obedience, each yes to his Father was a no to his flesh. And it was an invitation to abide. It was an invitation to bear and be pruned by the Father who was the vine dresser, right? Love, how did, how, how did Jesus keep love even in the midst of all that he went through? You know, he poured out his life for us. No greater love has no one than this, right? That someone laid down their life for his friends. That's what John 15, 13 says. Joy. It got pruned to, uh, to bear a greater joy. He, as he surrendered, we were welcomed into this family, right? You know, and patience, home, wow. As he was abiding in the Lord, he watched his own people reject, ridicule them, deny them, abandon them. And even then, he, he said nothing. He did nothing. But I believe that it was because of that communion with the father each time that he was able to grow within that with, with saying I'm still committed to this I'm still committed to dying on the cross even when people reject me even when people hurt me I'm still going to do this because I'm committed to following you father and and, and so he had to bear those things he had to he had to bear those things and he showed us what fruits of the spirit he showed us what joy looked like what what patience looked like as he carried the cross as he was beat on the cross he showed us what faithfulness to commitment looked like and he didn't have to strive for any of those fruits he simply just had to be he just had to be in the father as the father was in him and that's what the lord calls us today to do to be in him as, as he is in me, he says. And, and, and it's like to just be, to just abide, to just be not 
all about what I'm doing, but to really be with you, Lord. Each no to a doing is a yes to being with him. It could be or it could not be, you know, it, it really is up to us. But on a practical level, like what does that look like? What, what does that look like for us, for you and I to, to say, I'm going to abide in the Lord today. I'm going to abide in the Lord tomorrow. You know, practically abiding in him is in my, what I think and what I know has been cultivated in my life and what I'm, I'm still trying to do every day because every day we mess up, right? We, we, we will fail in abiding. <laughs> We're not, you're not going to be perfect. You're never called to be though. And that's okay. You're going to mess up. And that's the grace of the Lord that comes and says, I still want to meet you here. I still want you over here. I, I still called you. I still chose you. I still appointed you. And, and so it's thanking him every day. Like, Right when you wake up, like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for breaking your body for me. But it takes us really slowing down. Like, instead of, you got to be fast. I love my coffee in the morning, all those things. But to slow down and instead of trying to fit God in, it's us giving our lives to the Lord. We, we, we are laying our lives down. We're saying, my life today is going to be for you. I'm going to devote my whole being to you. And as much as you might feel like, I know I hear this, but this will never get old of committing your time, committing my time, our time to read the word of God. <laughs> this is what it means. Like he says that he says, abide in me and let my words abide in you. We are not going to know how to really love the Lord. If we don't know his word, it won't ever happen. And, and so, like I was saying, you don't have to read five chapters to say that you spent time with the Lord. <laughs> it's not about that. It's not about how much you read. It's not about how much you do. See, that do is coming in again where you think, we think, and I know that it's a mentality that the Lord wants to break free from for us. He doesn't want us living in a striving relationship. We're called to an abiding relationship. We're called to live in him and as he's in us because he's the vine and we're the branch. And apart from him, we can do nothing. And it's like, I don't care about checking a box off my Bible app. <laughs> doesn't matter. It doesn't matter about those things. Because when I'm doing that, I'm striving. I'm in a state of striving. And I really encourage you, like when you're spending time with the Lord this week, when you get home, whenever you, that time, whatever that looks like for you of being with the Lord, ask the Lord, like, am I, am I reading out of striving just so that I can say I read, Lord? Or am I letting the word of God read me? Yeah, <laughs> am I reading? And I think I forgot what I said. But, <laughs> and striving? Or am I letting the word of God read me? Because that's where real change comes. Real change comes that way where I'm not just, okay. And, and look at the reason why I'm saying that, I have done that. <laughs> and the Lord has gracefully showed me that's not what it's about, Des. <laughs> I can easily be like that. I got to get all my stuff done. And I see that played out in other parts of my life. And the Lord's like, that all needs to change. Because if you change that, everything else will change in your life. If you slow down to be with the Lord and abide in him, guess what? 
every other part of your day, you're going to look at differently. You're going to be like, I got to slow down in this moment. What's the Lord saying even right now in this moment before I send an email, before I send a text? Lord, are you even in it? And, and, and so we don't need to strive because we're already chosen. And so for me, what does that look like? And, and, and I want to encourage you, you know, when I open John 15 and I'm reading a verse, say the first, the first verse, and it says, I'm the true vine, you are the branch, apart from me you can do nothing, I stay there. You want to know what it looks like to abide in the Lord for your life? Don't just skim the whole text because you got to read it. Stay there. It, it could be that one phrase. For me, that sentence popped out. And then I began to remind myself. I'm sitting there and just sitting in the Lord. And I'm like, I'm, I'm reading. I'm the vine. You are the branch. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I close my eyes and I'm like, yes, Lord. And then things start coming in my mind. <laughs> I got to work. I got to do this. I got to do that. But then I remind myself again, and I stir up the word in my mouth. I say it out loud. Jesus, you are the vine, and I am the branch. Apart from you, I can do nothing. And my mind's back on Jesus. And as I'm doing that, and then something else comes again. Because distractions come when you're trying to sit with the Lord. That's, it, it happens. It's not going to ever fade where you're not going to be distracted. But the thing is, you have to choose. I am committed to abiding in you. So if that means that I only read a sentence of that passage, it's going to transform my life because I'm focusing on you, Lord. I'm letting you read me, Lord. And maybe the reason why that, that verse, I am the vine, and you are the branch and apart from me can do nothing that the Lord showed me that is because there are often times where I try to do a lot without the Lord <laughs> or I, I run on my own strength and the Lord's like, hey, but I'm the vine. And it brings us back to reality. There's no spiritual and, and then real life. It's together. They're, they're, they're one. Everything is one. And so you have to do that when you're reading the word of God. When you're really going to sit with him, don't, don't think you have to, like, like I said, just consume and just like, I got to get it all in. Check. Let the word of God read you. Like, I really encourage that for you guys, for all of us. Like, that's something that I know I'm, I'm, I'm asking the Lord to help me. And because this is what it looks like to abide in him, to be transformed by him, through him. And in that moment, we are positioning our heart, our mind, our whole being in him. We're actually abiding in him. You're actually submitting to him, to his authority in your life at that moment. So it was funny. I told Brandon when we were driving, you know, we were, we were, we were on the freeway. But in my notes, you know, I'm, I was thinking of a time where I got all the red lights. <laughs> and, you know, instead of wanting to get mad because I, was, I had took time with the Lord even earlier that day, his words that were already abiding in, in me. They came to life like, Lord, you're faithful. <laughs> you're the vine. Like the, that was reminded to me. So that way my spirit and my flesh was submitted to the Lord. 
And, and that's what's going to sustain us in knowing, like, we can't do anything without him. I need to be aware. We need to be aware. Like, Jesus, you're in everything. Your words, when my heart begins to worry, are your words really abiding in me? Are they? And if they're not, you know, I have to ask myself, Lord, how can I make, how, how can I prioritize you first in my life? Because if I'm not doing that, I'm doing it in my own strength. And we're not called to do it alone, right? We're never, we're never called to do it alone. And, and, and so for you, I don't know, I put some examples. It might look like saying no to scrolling through your social media feed every night to catch up on what you missed and utilizing that time to be quiet alone with the Lord and just having one word to keep you focused on him, saying his name, and then continuing to go back to that. Does that make sense? When you're reading something and you're, instead of like, just, just slow it down. Slow your time down with the Lord. That's what matters, not just the everything else. And the Lord will reveal himself to you in that, in that moment, you know, and, and it's just th that to know, like, man, when I'm with you, Lord, when I'm being with you, you reveal things about myself. He reveals things about our own selves. And, and, and that's where the change happens. You know, like our intimacy, you know, with the Lord, you know, it's, it's not monetized. It's not something you pay for. And so knowing like, man, I can't monetize this abiding. I, I, I can't, you know, work for it. I don't have to work to gain identity. You're already a son. You're already a daughter of the king. And so knowing that, like, that's where I choose to be and, and, and do from. Not the other things, not just the, the going through the daily motions, you know. Um, it's a total dependence on him. And, and so, man, I have, it's so funny because the, the notes I have, I have a, I have a, a, a few more notes, but I really encourage you to read Joshua chapter seven, <laughs> because it talks about Israel's destruction or is Israel's downfall in one of their battles. And I just want to summarize it for you because in Joshua chapter seven, it's Israel falls to AI. And in short, basically is the Lord was, the Lord told Joshua, like, I'm going to get you to the promised land, but you need to meditate on the law day and night, and you need to be very careful of what you do. Otherwise, I'm not going to fight for you. And he walks him through the battle, and, and they're going through the battle. They, they, they beat Jericho, right? The, Jericho fell. The walls fell. They're, they were obedient, but the only reason is because they were dependent on him. Joshua knew I had to be dependent on him. And we're not in that new that other covenant, that old covenant anymore, right? Where based off our um obedience, we are our salvation is rejected, you know, because what ended up happening, it's you know, the one of the guys, um, Aiken, he ends up taking some of the 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 things that they stole over there, and the Lord is like mad. The Lord's like the Lord thirty six men were killed because of what he did because he coveted some belongings and he just like brought them back and 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 so um joshua's just like lord what happened and and god's like 
hey, I still want Israel to go over there, but you guys disobeyed me. And, and so it's kind of the reason why I wanted to share that is because our dependence on him, Joshua understood. If I don't have the Lord on my side, if I'm not in the Lord, if I'm not hearing from the Lord and following the Lord, we're going to be destroyed. And, and, and that kind of parallels to us today. Like, yeah, we're not going to lose, you know, like I'm not going to get burned up and stoned because that's what happened to, a- uh, to Achan. He got stoned. And, and it was a wake-up call to Joshua, though. 36 of my men died. There's something going on. There's sin in the camp. This, this makes me think, Lord, where am I at? What's going on? And he did go to the Lord, and he mourned. And he, he mourned of the bodies, but he mourned because, like, man, like, I don't have your guidance. I don't have your blessing anymore. And, and that should be for us, like, am I really dependent on you, or am I operating in my own strength? Am I just doing things and not depending on you to meet me, to do? Because we can't do anything without him. And if we do, sometimes it's out of our own selfish ambitions. Or it's out of other ambitions, whatever ulterior motives. And a life of abiding means being dependent on him. Full dependence on him. Full remaining. Continually um, um, abiding in him. Because when you're alienated, when you're separated... A divided bride. You will not. We will not be an abiding bride. We won't be connected. We're we're divided. And and so, I just want to encourage you that like, man, the things that we do, or the things that we don't do, they really do affect. You know, like not only ourselves but others. How we relate to one another. Because Jesus is pretty clear in John 15 to love one another. <laughs> and we can't love one another if we don't even know how to love him and be with him. And, and, and so just, I just want to remind you guys that, you know, like our val- your validation, it's not from the doing, it's from the being. No one else has to validate you. The Lord validates you. And you will get to see that and believe that when you spend time with him. Because that's what matters. It's not about what you do, how hard you work yourself. It ma- what matters is you being with him and he begins to show you, you don't have to strive to be a part of something. I've already called you. You're already in my family. And, and that's so important because if we're not, we end up not only hurting ourselves, but other people. We can treat, we can treat others in a wrong way because we're, Maybe you're serving and you're, you're bitter or you're mad and you're like, I always have to do this. No one shows up. Okay, but who told you to do that then? Was it you or was it the Lord? It takes us to have real hard questions and reflections in our life of why am I doing what I'm doing? Am I doing it because everybody's expecting me to do it? Or Lord, did you call me? Did you tell me? And if I am doing it and when it does get worried, Lord... Teach me to know that I can abide in you, that I can, I can live in you as you're in me. And you are where the validation comes from. Not from me. Not from others. But only from him. Only from him. And, and, and we become aware of that. You become aware of what, what you're thirsty for, what you're striving for. You become aware of your brokenness. Because we all have it. 
But in that abiding, that's when the realization of those things come about. And the Lord wants to heal you. The Lord wants to heal us. He doesn't want us staying there. He doesn't want us just put it in the back of your head and keep going. No, he wants to meet you in your brokenness, in, in, in your whatever it might be. He wants to meet you in your grief, in your jealousy, in your envy, in your madness. You think, I can't feel those things. I have to say praise the Lord all the time. No, <laughs> you don't. He wants you to just be with him, to be honest with him. That's what honors him, honesty. And so you can't fix, we can't fix ourselves no matter how hard we try. And so I just want you to know that, to, to be reminded of that, of even when there's times, you know, where you just feel like, man, I, I realize I'm not abiding in you. You know, when I'm not fully, actively, consciously aware that you're here with me, you know, what am I striving to be, Lord, right now? It could be you wanting to be known, you wanting to be acknowledged, you wanting to be heard. Maybe you feel like nobody hears you or you wanting to be loved. Maybe you feel like, man, I, I don't feel that love that I'm seeking for. And so we do it through our own doing. And But when you sit with him, you're just like, but you know, I just have to remember, Lord, you're going to meet me here in those things that I'm feeling. And I just have to be in you and behold you. Because you're faithful and you're true and you're the vine and I'm the branch. And apart from you, I can do nothing. And so that's pretty much, you know, if it's anything, just just know that, like, you can't monetize your, your intimacy with the Lord. You're called to abide. No striving, just abiding. That's that's what it is. And that's, that's what I, I, I pray that we would be that. We would be an abiding people. And people that know him and love him every actual day of our lives, not just the quantity. Um, and so that's really what I want to share. And I think that we're, we're going to be ending right now. But could we just, um, could we just stand and...